listening to Faith and Family. I'm Sarah Golseth. We've all been there. You post something seemingly innocuous on your social media channel, go about your daily life, and when you go back to check your notifications, you've started a world war. There's 50 your... of them and everybody's mad. <laughs> you've started a war on your Facebook page and you have no idea how it <laughs> happened. So we're going to talk about that today. I have... Uh, Peter Slayton in studio with me, social media manager for the LCMS, and I'm sure this never happens to you. Oh, never. <laughs> no, no. I spent all day on social media, and this has never occurred to me, ever. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, even I think it was just yesterday that, that there was just something that... It just you post something and, and things just happen. Yeah, and you 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 don't expect it. You mm-hmm. don't see it coming. I mean, there are times when I when I'll post something where I'm I kind of figure this might get a little controversial. Uh, this is going to bug some people, you know. And you try and couch it in such a way to minimize that. On on my less good days, I couch it in ways to inflame that intentionally. That's uh, not a good thing to do. I don't encourage that. Um, but there, but there are those times where you post and you have no idea. It's like, why did that upset people? Mm-hmm. Like, what in the world happened? What what triggered them? Since sure. you know, if we want to use a hashtag triggered, right? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's and it's the thing where it's every person is probably hashtag triggered by something different. So there's yeah, there's yeah. no way to even cover all of those bases. If you post a compound sentence, somebody's going to be triggered by the first <laughs> half of it and somebody else is going to be triggered by the second half of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's there's no getting around that. So uh, before we go any further, um, if you are listening out there and you would like to ask us a question about this, um, you can go on Twitter since we're talking about social media and yes. and tag at KFUO radio and we'll try to... Uh, try to get those questions I've got my phone out here. We're already refreshing the feed. (laughs) If you tweet us a question about this topic, I'll try and answer it for you. Sure. Awesome. So this concept that we're talking about has a name. It does. And I learned that name last month. I was like, everything came together. (laughs) It's like there's a word or a phrase for for what happens. That's this. This phrase is context collapse. Mm -hmm. Um, which is also a hashtag on Twitter. Like I just, I tweeted this. I'm like, whoa. Okay, this is so common. It's a, there's a hashtag for it. Uh, social scientists have have coined this term, particularly in regards to social media. Uh, sure. That's that's the context in which this term works, and it's this idea that in in standard analog or real life human interaction, you have all these different social circles Mm -hmm. in which you interact. You have your high school friends, your college friends, your work friends, your church friends, all these different, your family. Uh, And these these social circles, for the most part, do not interact with each other. Mm -hmm. And when you're in those social circles, you adjust your behavior accordingly. So when you're hanging out with your high school friends, you probably act a certain way that you might not act when you're hanging out with your church friends. And this isn't like a, you know, a sinful, you're, you know, you're a, <laughs> you're a pagan with your high school friends and, you know, you're a saint with your church. No, we're just talking about in that social setting, in that social situation, you know, there are certain ways in which you act that make the social interactions a little better. Mm-hmm. There may be topics you avoid talking about, or when you talk about them, you make sure you couch your terms in a certain way, because mm-hmm. in that context, well, if you want to have a good, healthy interaction with these individuals, you kind of got to adjust here. Um, we, we do this normally. This is natural. This is how we, how we interact as human beings. Mm-hmm. Well, social media has uh, thrown a massive monkey wrench in all that because now all of a sudden on Facebook, all of your social circles are now in the same place. Mm-hmm. 
And these social circles generally would never interact with each other at all. They'd never, they, they'd never know that each other even exists because sure. you're interacting with them separately. But now all of a sudden on Facebook, they're all on your wall. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you're, when you post something, all of them are coming to that comment, to that post, to that article from their own specific context. And there's now they're bringing their own baggage to that mm-hmm. and everything just kind of collapses mm-hmm. uh, because there there's now so much context, so many different things going on that you can't control it. You can't manage it. You can't talk your way out of it anymore because everybody's like, no, it means this and no, it means this. And sure. well, I had this experience happen to me. And so when I read it, this is what I think. And you're like, if I could just talk to you face to face, we could work this out. Sure. But we're on social media. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. And now we just started a flame war, and I don't even know why. <laughs> yeah, when I was when I was looking into this uh, the last couple of days, uh, I ran across a quote that somebody said that you you don't know what conversation you're participating in. So it's yeah. you you post something and you you have your concept of of what what you mean. Yep. Um, but everybody's coming to that conversation from a different side and a different angle, and it means yeah. something different to Here, each person. Yeah, here's what I think I'm talking about, because I just had this experience with my neighbor across the street where we had this conversation, and now mm-hmm. I'm posting on Facebook regarding that experience. But what I don't realize is that my friend from college, who I haven't seen for 10 <laughs> years, had an experience with a coworker, and so when I posted my thing, with my neighbor in mind, they actually had this experience with their coworker in mind that they're now bringing to this conversation and their experience with their coworker was a very negative one and they're Mm -hmm. very angry right now. And even if my interaction with my neighbor was a very positive one and I want to highlight this, well, they're bringing that negative baggage Mm -hmm. into it. I'm not aware of that. If we were talking face to face and not spending time typing all this out, we'd be able to talk (laughs) through it. But, um, we generally don't want to. We we generally want to type as little as possible and just get it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually brings up another problem that communicating online is extremely difficult to begin with. Yes, uh, I mean there there is an art to writing. <laughs> there's there's a reason there are authors who can make a living writing because that's a skill sure. that you have to learn. You don't just necessarily. Well, some people are kind of born with it a little innately there, but writing and communicating clearly is a skill that has to be developed. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that we're all interacting together on social media, most of us haven't spent time developing that skill. And Mm -hmm. so what we don't realize is that when we are typing something into our computer screen, not actually talking to a person, it can be really difficult to clearly communicate our actual tone mm-hmm. and our intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it, some people would even argue it's impossible. I, I don't go that far. What I say is you have to try really, really, really hard mm-hmm. in order to communicate clearly online because it, it is very difficult. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, um, the tendency in our culture today is to Put the worst construction on what somebody says. <laughs> uh, you know, most of most of your friends, unless you've spent a lot of time with them face to face and they're comfortable with you and they know you, mm-hmm. you know, your other acquaintances who don't spend a lot of that face time with you are going to read what you say and likely read it in a more negative light than you intended. Mm-hmm. And that's just how we naturally appear to interact on social media. And yes. so that that doesn't that certainly doesn't help things. Right, right. <laughs> we we seem to be um, addicted to anger. 
I was reading something or watching a video. I don't remember. Somewhere online, I was I was yeah. researching this this um, anger addiction that we that our culture has, has out- kind of grabbed addiction. onto. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, that, you get that adrenaline rush from being mad at something and angry at right, something. Right, right. Yeah. And that it's so easy to do that on Facebook. You can just scroll through your wall, <laughs> and like every other post, you can find a reason to be angry, even if that's if that's completely not what what the post was about. And especially, you know, with with all of this political stuff too. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's all of these triggers for people. Well, and I think there has been a shift, you know, being the social media manager for the LCMS, I've got kind of a big picture view of what's going on on our social media pages. Mm-hmm. And there was a definite shift in the tone of what people choose to type and how they choose to interact in general on social media following the election in November. Sure. Um, a lot more anger mm-hmm. from all sides. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like all of a sudden nobody is happy with with anything um, right. for any number of reasons. And you know what's interesting? Even as I say this, I've got context collapse, almost <laughs> paralyzing the words that are coming out of my mouth because I know the 50 different ways somebody can take what I just said right? because we're putting this out there onto the internet right. where anybody and everybody can and will listen right. to it. Hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully lots of people will hear this. I haven't seen any tweets yet here. So you guys got to tweet some questions in here at KFUO Radio. Make sure you tag <laughs> KFUO Radio. We'll see that. Um, but even as I'm saying this, right. I'm recognizing, okay, how are people potentially going to be mad? How are they going to potentially understand what I just said when I said that everybody seems to be angry? Um, What context are they going to bring to that statement where we interact online where all of a sudden we're going to get an angry tweet from somebody that everybody can see and everybody's going to interact with that tweet from their own perspective and it may or may not be be a positive Interaction and it actually will likely not be because uh, that just seems to <laughs> yeah, be how things trend. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, and you and I are in a little different position than than the majority of people because this is this is what we do every yes, day. We're, yes, we live on social yes, media. Yes, we're actually paid um, to wade through this. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so when you, when you live in that, you kind of you, you have to train yourself to to look for look for the people that that mm-hmm. may not like what you're saying, but then for people who. Um, who are just on social media, you know, every once in a while, it's, it's a very different experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not like we can simply dismiss people with different opinions or who are angry because Mm -hmm. these are, these are real people. Well, sometimes, uh, there are some (laughs) people I'm like, no, that's actually a fake account. You're not real. You're just trolling. So there are these things called trolls, Uh but for the most part, these are people who bring legitimate experiences to this conversation. And so, Part of what you and I hopefully are trying to do is begin to steer those conversations in a more productive direction. And I think that's why this context, this concept of context collapse has been helpful for me in just mm-hmm. recognizing, okay, that's what's going on here. All these social circles are now colliding. They're running into each other. They mm-hmm. normally don't know, don't ever interact. They're doing it on my wall. So... I bear some responsibility to try and kind of weed through this and separate these out and help people see the different perspectives because these are my friends right? Um, or acquaintances or people I met on the street who friended me <laughs> randomly. <laughs> no, I don't accept those friend requests, but um, recognizing these, these are people and there may actually be 
uh, a legitimate point here. There mm-hmm. may be some legitimate pain. There may be a legitimate experience that needs to be discussed and talked about because it can add something positive to this conversation. And so I don't want to simply dismiss right. everything out of hand. I also don't want to completely retreat from my wall. Now, of course, you don't have to be on Facebook. Nobody nobody is forcing <laughs> nobody anybody is to be on Facebook. Nobody is forcing social media. <laughs> um, you know, context collapse was one of the reasons my wife ended up leaving Facebook because she's mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't have the time to manage it. My vocation as a mother means I have other responsibilities and I really want to put my time there. Um, so I'm not saying you have to do it. But if you are on Facebook, the tendency is to completely retreat and mm-hmm. I'm only going to post things about puppies and rainbows. <laughs> and then you find out that those things make people angry too. Because <laughs> did you hear about how they treat those puppies in China? And right. rainbows are offensive now. Do you know what those stand for? <laughs> I mean, so even that, right. it's like, fine, we'll talk about unicorns. Well, unicorns aren't real. Don't you know that? <laughs> You're an idiot. I can't believe you'd even talk about you. I mean, that's how simple <laughs> it is to just go. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to run and hide in a corner. Right. Um, Facebook has actually noticed a trend because of this. People are sharing less on Facebook than they used to when they first started. Huh. Um, so if you guys, if you're on Facebook and you see those memories pop up yeah. from like 10 years ago or a year ago, do you know why Facebook does that? Because they want you to continue posting personal things on Facebook and they're reminding you of how you used to do it. That is, this is an actual response to context collapse Mm -hmm. that Facebook has recognized people aren't talking as much anymore. They're not sharing as much anymore. And they recognize when people stop doing that. Facebook is going to start losing business. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> hmm. well, I, this isn't I, me being cynical. This is actually yeah. their business model is we're going to pop up those memories to get you to share more yeah. personal stuff. I've noticed that on, uh, now that you mention it, that I, I consciously like something happens and, and, you know, maybe when I was in college, I'd be like, oh, I got to share this on Facebook because everybody needs yeah. to know. And now I'm just like, ah, I'm just, I'm just going to enjoy the moment yeah. and, and move on because <laughs> life goes on if everybody doesn't know what happened. I mean, I post rides or pictures of my bike rides all the time right. because those are fun and usually not but controversial. But those of us with road rage against <laughs> bikers, right. you know, like, hey. like you? Like, well, I don't have road rage okay, exactly, good. but yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can safely bike with you on the road. That's that's good to know. Yeah. So, so we're, we're talking about um, um, how do we recognize this and what is our responsibility um, as we're posting to to come at this from knowing that that people may uh, may respond angrily to whatever we're posting, what is our responsibility as we're sharing on social media, especially as Christians? Yes, I, exactly. I in our vocations, is, yeah, mm-hmm. our vocations um, as an employee of your workplace. How do you handle this? Right. But I think as Christians, that's a this is a good question for us as well. Because there are so many opportunities to confess the faith clearly and publicly on social media. Um, Good, good ways in which we can do that. And being aware of context collapse and what that does to our interactions will help us as we're confessing our faith in front of all these social circles. I Mm -hmm. mean, think about this. You now have an opportunity to talk to that high school friend who maybe went off in the wrong direction in high school and you haven't really talked to them, but you know they're not Christian. They've completely rejected the faith if they were Christians before, you know, whatever. But now you've connected with them on Facebook and you have an opportunity to speak to them. You may never, in, in a normal circumstance, 
you may never see this person again. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden you're now connected on Facebook and you actually have an opportunity to speak to this individual and, and share the gospel with them to uh, give them comfort in their distress uh, in a way that you wouldn't have before. And so knowing how context collapse is going to affect that interaction mm -hmm. with that individual, you you can be prepared for it. You can mitigate it to a certain extent. Uh, you can be more intentional about speaking with gentleness and respect to everybody on Facebook. I mean, that's just always a good... <laughs> First Peter 3.15 is just good advice all the time. Speak with gentleness and respect. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. It's Social good... media could use a little more of that. <laughs> or a lot. Or a um, lot more. In the circles I spend, it could use a lot. <laughs> now, now, Facebook, uh, Twitter hasn't done this. Facebook is really the one that has kind of stepped up in this regard and when they created groups. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that that is a recognition on their part that we still need our social circles. We still need context. You know, we operate best within context. And so, and those of you who are on Facebook, you probably have groups that you enjoy spending time in mm -hmm. um, where they're safe. Uh, and I don't say that sarcastically, like where you just feel like you can actually talk. It's a safe place where you can, mm -hmm. you're not going to get a bunch of people yelling at you. <laughs> well, part of the reason for that is because it's likely that you are in that group with other people who are like-minded and in that group for similar reasons. And so you guys work very hard together to preserve the integrity of that group mm -hmm. around whatever the context is of that group, whether it's your favorite sports team that you all like talking about, uh, whether it's your church, whether it's uh, discussing theology and how you choose to go about mm -hmm. having that discussion. You likely have groups on Facebook where you find yourself spending more and more time there. Um, and so that's that's another option for right. for you. You don't have to well, I mean, this is this is kind of what I've done. I don't share a whole lot on my wall now because of context collapse. I have groups in which I share more openly or will mm -hmm. talk or discuss um, because I understand the context of that group. I know why we're there. We're mm -hmm. all there talking about similar things for similar reasons, whatever right. the topic is. Uh, so that that's a response. And I'm a lot more careful what I actually put on my own wall. Mm -hmm. And if I do post something that I know is going to be controversial, I post something about baptism. I recognize that my fundamentalist Baptist cousin, who I am friends with, is going to see that. Mm -hmm. How do I want to present this good confession on what baptism is and what baptism does without needlessly offending my fundamentalist Baptist cousin who sees it completely differently and understands baptism in a completely different way? Sure. Um, it's good for me as a Christian to think about those things mm -hmm. and to then act accordingly. Whereas I think if you've experienced context collapse uh, long enough, you just get kind of frustrated and angry and you stop caring. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and then your posts get clearly frustrated and angry and show that you don't care. Right. <laughs> right. Because like, there's, there's two or more very different ways of approaching the, what you're, what you're putting out there. You can put information out there that, that is potentially um, controversial and frame it in a way, um, intentionally frame it in a way that um, that is gracious mm -hmm. and that, that invites people to, uh, to talk about it 
with you in a way that is loving, or you could post it very angrily and say things that are offensive. Intentionally about, inflammatory. Intentionally yeah. inflammatory. And that invites people to be angry with you. So right. it's being, <laughs> just being conscious and aware of, of how other people may uh, react to your language um, is, is very important. Yeah, we have a tendency to, th- to operate in this way. If what I'm saying is right and correct and true, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how I say it. Right. And that's not right, correct, or true. <laughs> correct. <laughs> to operate in that way. Like, no, that's, you know, we, we speak the truth in love. Right. Um, so if what we're saying is true and we know it's going to hurt somebody, we take that into account how how we say mm-hmm. what's true. I mean, it's if if I need to reprimand my child for, you know, take eating ice cream from the freezer. We recently (laughs) discovered that one of my children uh, in the basement had been sneaking ice cream from the freezer. Oh, man, Uh, I do that all the time. Well, yeah, but you're you're the adult. adult. You can do that. It's your ice cream. Um, So, you know, we're going to serve dessert for ice cream. We open up, we're like, there's half the ice cream in here. Okay, so I can choose in that moment to yell and scream at my child Mm -hmm. and reprimand them in a very loud, um, uh, angry potentially offensive. I mean, I can do that. And you could potentially argue because I'm the father, I have the right to do that. Mm-hmm. But is that going to be the best way to handle that particular situation? Or might it be better in this case to reasonably discuss with my child, okay, here's what you did. Why did you do this? Mm-hmm. What are the consequences of what you've done? You know, it's there, there are two different approaches here. And even if what I'm saying as I'm yelling angrily at my child is right and and I'm I'm reprimanding them, which is right for me to do, mm-hmm. that doesn't excuse the way in which I do it. Right. For some reason, when you get on social media, we forget that. <laughs> <laughs> that all goes and out the window. It's like, oh, no, it doesn't matter. I'm sitting in front of a computer screen. This right. isn't a real person. I can do whatever I want. I'm saying true things, so you can't tell me I'm yeah. wrong. And and you people will actually say that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I I can't talk to you anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's the only response I've got. <laughs> right, right. And and a lot of that, um, and we're gonna we may run out of time talking about this. Oh but no, we'll have to come back. I, sometime. I know we're gonna. This is this is just fun. So, um, a lot of that also depends on generational differences and and. That and where you're coming from, just in general, as you communicate in real life with people, yeah. because you're going to uh, you're going to approach a conversation, whether it's in real life with an actual physical person or on social media, uh, from a completely different background um, and, a, and a completely different worldview, and that that can affect all of this as well. Yeah, I mean, we could spend weeks talking about (laughs) modernism and postmodernism. What happens when people from those two philosophies are interacting online? Mm -hmm. Um, Because they approach reality in two very different ways and they process information and experiences and data uh, in very different ways. Mm -hmm. And social media is one of those places where you can see a millennial, which they tend to be more postmodern in how they process information, mm-hmm. and your baby boomer, who tends to be more modern or older. Um, us Generation Xers kind of have a little bit <laughs> of both of those going middle. on. We don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what's real anyways. Um, you know, we're kind of stuck in the middle there, but you can, when you understand those two different philosophies and you start watching social media interaction, you're like, 
oh no, you guys, you're you're on the same side. Right. You're just talking about it in two different ways, but because you don't understand the context that each other are coming from, you think you're enemies. Right. And you're fighting and you're angry. It's like, oh, this this is bad. <laughs> well, it's frustrating to watch that too. If, yeah. if you understand what's going on and and you see people arguing about yeah, these things yeah. <laughs> and and you from the outside, you can see that, that they're actually agreeing. Right. They just don't know yeah. that they're agreeing because of the language that they're using is is very different. Or the perspective from which they're coming, where yes. it's like, I, I care more about this aspect of this theological debate and not so much this other aspect over here that you really, really care about and are hanging everything on. And watching those theological discussions happen, it's like, no, you're both Christians. <laughs> you actually both agree that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You're talking about it in different ways, and you guys haven't learned to talk to each other mm-hmm about that you haven't learned each other's language right right is there is there any is there hope is there any way (laughs) is there any way for for someone who who can recognize that to um graciously insert themselves into a conversation and and try to bring sides together or is that just a terrible idea it it can happen where i have personally I've had a couple of times where I'm like, oh, I managed to do that. And it's like amazing because it's like, wow, it's usually been more in private, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. So, so I, I'm observing a discussion in a group um, that I'm an admin for and the two individuals are talking past each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know because this group, you know, we're, we're coming from the same context. We care about the same things. That's why we're in this like-minded group together. So right. we're talking about context collapse. I'm keeping that in mind. One individual tends to come at things from a very modernist, fundamentalist perspective. The other um, likes to push buttons and be (laughs) postmodern, even though they're probably more of a modern, but they've learned enough of the postmodern speak that they can push buttons. Mm -hmm. Um, I I was able to basically, in private messaging, Mm -hmm. kind of explain to each one, here's what the other person's saying, and kind of act as a translator. Mm -hmm. And then I, so go to each one and say, okay, look, they're not a heretic. I totally understand why you think they are based on what they're saying, because I know where you're coming from. And from your perspective, when you say things in that way, using those words, well, that's what heretics do. <laughs> but here's where they're coming from. And mm-hmm. same thing with the other person kind of walk through. Look, I know what you mean. I know what buttons you're trying to push. I know what you're trying to do. Here's how this per- individual is perceiving it. And I know you're not trying to do that. Right. So really what I had to do was put the best construction on what they were saying mm-hmm. and then share with each individual the best construction of the other person. Mm-hmm. Well, it was really cool is that all of a the sudden their interaction became a, oh, I'm sorry, I think we've been talking past each other. Right. And it became a genuine, positive, productive interaction. Sure. But here's what it took. A lot of hard work on my part mm-hmm. to actually try and understand each individual. Mm-hmm. I had to work hard at that. It doesn't come naturally. It's not easy. It takes a lot of work. Sure. So the bottom line of today is uh, speaking the truth in love. And work hard at it. And work hard at it. Yeah. Don't be it lazy. Takes, it takes work. <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, Peter, uh, we're all out of time, obviously, because the music is playing. <laughs> yep, there's so. the music. <laughs> Thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you. It was wonderful to be here. Nice strong word coming up next. Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. 
Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at KFUO.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand.